Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good evening and welcome to Sue Rising Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. My name is Sashi Whitman, your host for Sue Rising Radio, and our topic today is Sue Riser, Someone Has to Say It. And our Sue Riser today, I'm so excited, is Allison Kukorowski. Hello, Allison. Say hi to everyone. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Allison, thank you so much for being here. Um, Allison is a very, very busy junior. Um, she's also one of our Sue Risers who took to the stage at the Inland Empire Sue Talks in August. I can't believe it was only August, Allison. It feels like it was like eight months ago, but seriously, it was like seven to eight weeks ago um, that I saw you take to the stage. And she did an amazing job, and I can't wait for our listeners to learn more about you and what you talked about. So I'm going to get right to it. Allison, I met you on a Zoom call last spring to talk to you about Sue Rising. Now, you were a sophomore at that time doing school from home. Super fun. Um, so tell me, what interested you in becoming a Sue Riser and being on stage? Well, I have always loved public speaking, and when I found out about Sue Rising, I looked into it a little bit, and I was automatically like, oh, my gosh, this is something I definitely have to look into. I definitely have to try it out. I love being able to share my opinions and my ideas. As you can already tell I'm a little bit um, loud. I like <laughs> to speak. I like to talk. I like to share. So I heard about it through Girl Scouts, actually. I saw the flyer, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to mm-hmm. send an application. I didn't even tell my parents. It was all of my, my own, no way. everything. It was so funny because I told my mom after I filled out the application, I was like, oh, mom, by the way, I applied for something. And she was like, what? And I was like, I, I applied for something. It's this cool thing called Sue Rising. And uh, you had me set up an interview, and I got to interview you, and that's, that's the end of it, basically. I don't know. I just sort of on a whim, but you I'm were really in. glad. That's really glad that, that is that. so great. I am, too. We are, too. I absolutely love the fact that you just took a chance on us. We are so appreciative of it. I have to say I absolutely love the title of your talk, which I want you to introduce us to in a little bit, and what you spoke about. So can you let our audience know your title of your amazing talk and what you um, focused on? Yes. So the title of my talk was do you have a jacket? And I know it sounds a little bit like an unconventional title, which it is, but I'm glad it was. It brings a lot of awareness to my issue. And the thing I talked about was dress codes and my stories about being dress coded and how that relates to women and how it makes women feel to be sexualized and talking about all, all that stuff. As you can imagine, it's a very broad topic. (laughs) 
<clears throat> that is a very broad topic. And you already dropped some like like word bombs, and I'm like, okay, wow, 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 so I'm reeling. So we're going to dissect it a little bit and take a little time. So <clears throat> your coach was Mary Van Dorn. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And how did you arrive at this particular topic? Was that difficult to come to? Because it was, the theme was someone has to say it. So did that come to you very easily in discussing it with Mary? Or tell me a little bit about that. So when I heard the theme of the thing, I heard Mm -hmm. someone has to say it, automatically Mm -hmm. my brain Hmm. did jump to this topic. And uh, my whole life I've always felt very strongly about it and I've always had a lot of opinions Mm -hmm. because of my personal Mm -hmm. stories and my experiences Mm -hmm. so when Mm -hmm. I heard that someone has to say it was kind of the theme I was going for that immediately popped into my head and our first meeting I came in with Mary and I had some notes actually already prepared and I was like Uh I'm going to share this with her we're going to talk about it and she loved it so we just kind of went with it and I I went with my gut, and I was like, this is something really important, and I'm really excited to write something and share my experiences. Okay, so give a little bit more um, about those experiences, because when you, when I first heard your talk, along with the other partners of Sue Talks, I mean, I was personally like, wow, I cannot believe this young woman is being so brave and so courageous because when I first met you, we didn't, we didn't even talk about a particular topic. We were just getting to know each other. And I was just asking you some questions about what you do in high school and what your activities are. And just, we're just getting to know each other. So tell, tell the audience a little bit more about the specifics about what you dealt with in terms of um, dress code in, in school and what that meant and what the, how that showed up for you. So, Um, I decided to talk about dress code because some of these experiences that I had um, started when I was very young. So actually I was dress coded Mm -hmm. when I was nine years old, when I was in fourth grade, Hmm. which is kind of the first shocker that I bring up in my talk. I know Mm -hmm. first line of the talk, I I mentioned that. And that was, that was a shocker. That was a shocker for everyone. My shocker for me, shocker for my mom. I didn't even know what being dress coded was or what it meant or anything. Uh Mm-hmm. And so that mm-hmm. was the first real thing that I had to deal with, with dress code and everything. And I remember that day I was wearing a halter top and my teacher asked me if I had a jacket, which is where the title <laughs> of my talk comes from. And mm-hmm. I told her that I did. And she had me put on a jacket for the rest of the day. And it was 80 degrees wow. outside or something crazy like that. And so that first yeah. experience really obviously created a, an opinion in me at first I was like this mm-hmm. is this isn't right and so then mm-hmm. another experience I had was in sixth grade I was dress coded mm. for wearing a spaghetti strap tank top under a racerback tank top and <laughs> that was just crazy right. because they mm-hmm. dress coded me actually the official dress code slip that I was called in for and they wrote down was undergarments showing which was not true okay. it was a tank top mm-hmm. so it's yeah. like really yeah, confused wow. and okay. it just mm-hmm. made me even more confused and frustrated I think about this whole idea mm-hmm. and then in mm-hmm. eighth grade um, our dress code had actually been dissolved so there was no dress code anymore oh. except for you know basic things to cover up or no vulgar things right. on the clothing um, so sure. I wore a spaghetti strap tank top and I was in the office and I was in office aid I worked in the office and our office manager 
she asked me, she said, do you have a jacket? And I told her I didn't. And she proceeded to tell me that the shirt was inappropriate and that I couldn't wear it again. So it was just so many experiences piled on top of one another. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I was just frustrated over and over again. So it became a super mm-hmm. big issue for me, something that I feel very mm-hmm. passionate about. Mm-hmm. So besides feeling frustrated, which I totally understand, how did it make you feel? I mean, I would imagine, especially at the age of nine, which actually I can't imagine at all, to be quite honest with you, and then going into that fun age of middle school, which is always super great, um, all eyes are on everybody. Everyone's, everyone's super self-conscious. I don't know if that's how you felt, but how did it then make you feel when you had a office manager and a teacher call you out? Well, obviously when I was nine, I had no idea about right. any of this mm-hmm. sort of thing with the sexualization mm-hmm. of girls or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously my mm-hmm. initial reaction was I was super confused. I didn't know why mm-hmm. I was in trouble. I didn't even know why she asked me to put on a jacket. It didn't even dawn on me mm-hmm. until after mm-hmm. when I went home. And then mm-hmm. as we got into middle school, it was less confusion and more of uh, a, like I just felt more insecure than I already was because mm-hmm. middle school is such an awkward right. time. Even high school mm-hmm. still, you're feeling insecure. Oh, Every, yeah. You feel like right. everyone is watching you. And mm-hmm. that was a big problem because then when you're called out on something like that and told mm-hmm. that what you're wearing is inappropriate, you feel even more called out than you already are. Mm-hmm. And Because middle schoolers, you just think spotlights on you. Everyone is watching right. and deconstructing right. your every move. So when mm-hmm. a teacher or administrator because you're just worried about your peers, right? So I was worried about, oh, mm-hmm. like, how are those girls looking at me when I'm wearing, obviously, boys. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, like, is my hair frizzy, is whatever. And then when a teacher mm-hmm. comes up to you, it's like a whole different demographic of people that you have to worry about looking at you. And as a middle schooler, right. that's a little bit overwhelming. And so I just felt even more insecure. And it was hard to walk around school and to walk through class mm-hmm. and sit there mm-hmm. and feel judged and feel yeah I'd feel judged for what I was wearing did other students other friends of yours experience something similar or were you sort of um isolated from that or or kind of you know singled out I guess is a better word well definitely when it happened to me I felt very singled Mm -hmm. out because it Mm -hmm. had never it hadn't really happened well it happened in fourth grade but obviously middle school is a little bit different I felt very singled out because you don't normally see when people get dress coded, right? It's not like in the middle of the quad, a teacher comes out and is like, you, right. you're being dress coded, come mm-hmm. here, even though that's mm-hmm. how it feels. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I felt really singled out there. But then after, mm-hmm. obviously, I was complaining to people or not even complaining, just talking about my experience being like, hey, this happened to me. And I, I feel like mm-hmm. it was a little bit crazy, like, I don't think what I was mm-hmm. wearing was that bad. And a lot of other people had the same opinion. People um, that I knew started sharing stories about how they had been dress coded too. And I hadn't even known that they'd been dress coded. Wow. And I think that's another thing mm-hmm. to think about is we are dress coded we feel insecure. And then if no one brings it up, mm-hmm. we don't really feel comfortable talking about it. There's a stigma. It's kind of right. taboo. People don't want to yeah. bring it up because it's an insecurity almost. And people don't like mm-hmm. to talk about it. So I think, people feel very alone and singled out when it mm. happens. And it's really, it's, it makes mm-hmm. it a lot harder to deal with. But I, I noticed mm-hmm. that 
once I started talking about it and I found Mm. other people who had gone through similar experiences, it was a lot Mm -hmm. easier to deal with and to be like, okay, so this is not just an issue that I'm facing. This is something that affects Mm. everyone. So, okay, I'm just, I, I feel like overwhelmed for you. I'm partially like, I, I'm a huge empath. So I'm like partially cringing on behalf of like all the teachers. I'm feeling so mortified, you know, on your behalf. So yeah. what are I, so when you took to the Sioux Rising stage, that was of course our first experience hearing you share your stories. In what other avenues have you been able to share that experience or those experiences? So, um, Over the course of all my schooling years, starting in middle school, there have been a number of opportunities for me to do projects that where Mm -hmm. I got to choose what I did a project on. I remember in sixth grade, I don't even know what the project was called, but um, we were supposed to do some sort of project, and I decided to do it on dress code. And I remember Uh I did my little sixth grade presentation. I had some slides where I talked about how, like, the negative effects of dress code and mm-hmm. in the school place mm-hmm. and how unfair mm-hmm. it was and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of how sexist mm-hmm. the dress code was. And I even remember right. taking two of my friends into the bathroom and forcing them to switch shirts so I could take pictures wow. and show everyone that on yeah. one girl, um, her uh. shirt was not dress code, but then when you put it on mm. the same exact shirt on the other girl, it was dress code. Oh, wow. And I did something like wow. that to demonstrate that, yeah, I did oh, that to gosh. demonstrate how how crazy the dress code is because it it's the, people are shaped in a bunch of different ways so it's really mm-hmm. hard to have a dress code that caters to everyone mm-hmm. so that was in sixth it's grade so in seventh grade wow yes uh-huh. it is very subjective it leaves no room for yeah, yeah no room for okay. any of that so mm-hmm. in seventh mm-hmm. grade we had something called a passion project that we did and as you can tell I'm very passionate about this topic so mm-hmm. I chose dress code. And it was for mm-hmm. my science class, actually. So I remember I took a poll, and I took polls, and I did little, little interviews to find out how people felt about dress code. And girls, boys, everyone just did not like it at all. No one liked, hmm. no one liked the idea of mm-hmm. it. Nobody liked how subjective it was. So that was the second right. sort of way that I was able to work with that. And then wow. fast forward to freshman yeah. year. And my drama uh-huh. class, our end-of-year project, this is during COVID lockdown, so we were really limited. We couldn't do any scenes or anything. So my drama teacher right. just said, you know what, make a movie, make an iMovie, make a skit, make a speech, make a monologue, make something. And me, I couldn't think of anything else. So uh, obviously I chose dress code, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a documentary about this. And I'm mm. very fortunate that my mom is a dietitian. My dad is a mm. pediatric surgeon. They both have experience mm. working with children and their development. Yeah. So I was able to interview right. them, get some of their opinions. And okay. I even interviewed my, my best friend because she also has a lot of opinions like me. Mm. And I was able to share that with my whole class. And that was really nice because I saw some faces during the, pre- the presentation go, Oh, mm-hmm. or, hmm, or I didn't think of it that mm-hmm. way. And mm-hmm. then obviously the Sioux talk is where I really mm-hmm. dove into it and use my personal experiences to share that message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We're just uncovering, but right now we're going to take a quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors. 
Well, Sue Rising Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. And now, Sashi, back to your show. We are now back to Sue Riser. Someone has to say it. And with us today is Allison Kokorowski. Okay, Allison, we were just getting into, like, the meat of it. And, okay, I have, like, a thousand questions, but we only have a limited amount of time. So, okay, so when you shared it with your – you had a couple opportunities to share it in different um, mediums in – this is in high school, correct? Middle and high school, yes. Middle and high school, okay. So here is what – when I – you know, and I had the opportunity to hear your talk a few times um, – but when I was really thinking about it even more and getting to a more even deeper level, I mean, we're talking about what you are broaching and you are talking about a major issue today that is, that is front and center in the news. It is confidence, body image, societal pressures on how, you know, uh, women look and dress, how we as women perceive ourselves, right? It's a huge area. So Definitely. what do you think address? What do you think a dress code does to young women in terms of their self-esteem and confidence? Well, speaking from personal experience, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. for me, having a dress code was really hard on my Mm self-esteem. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it gave me a little bit more insecurity because, Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just about, oh, no, am I going to get dress coded? I have to worry about what I'm mm-hmm. going to wear. It forced mm-hmm. me to think about what I was wearing yeah. and not just mm-hmm. what am I wearing today? Is that going to be in mm-hmm. dress code? Is that going to be out of dress code? Mm-hmm. Causing me to think about what I was wearing me, where, excuse mm-hmm. me, what I was wearing. <laughs> I feel like right, it caused right. me in a way to, quote, unquote, grow up, if you will, because, right. you know, in elementary right. school, you kind of, I kind of just mm-hmm. woke up. I would throw on whatever mm-hmm. was comfortable. I would put on mm-hmm. something that I knew I would be comfortable running around in. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of the major functions of clothing, obviously, is your personal comfort. You should be comfortable in what you're wearing sure. for what you're doing right. all day. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so when you're a kid in elementary school, you don't think about mm-hmm. that. You kind of just wake up and you're like, oh, yeah, this is comfortable. I'm going to throw it on. Mm-hmm. When you get to, mm-hmm. the, to middle yeah. school or when you get to the mm-hmm. dress code, there's the added mm-hmm. pressure of, oh, you have to think about what you're going to wear because they're regulating mm-hmm. it. So then even right. even if you're not thinking like, oh, is this in dress code? Is this not in dress code? It's forcing you to think about what you're wearing. And mm-hmm. this is where I think part of the sexism starts to come in. It's because since mm-hmm. dress codes are generally geared more towards girls, that, that starts right. the ingrained societal like, mm-hmm. oh, you should be thinking about what you're wearing. And that, mm-hmm. I think, is where a lot of insecurity stems from. And it's really, it's, it's yeah. something you're just telling these young girls is, like, you need to be thinking about mm-hmm. what you're wearing. And after our dress code mm-hmm. is dissolved, 
And then I got to the high mm. school where we do not have a dress code that's very strict right. at all. This is mm-hmm. where I started to be like, oh, when I get up every day, um, mm-hmm. I need to think about what I'm going to be comfortable in. And I know mm-hmm. comfortable, when you think the word comfortable, you might think, oh, my sweatpants, oh, my mm. pajama <laughs> pants, my sweatshirts. And I'm my not talking pants. about that kind of comfort. <laughs> I'm talking right. about the comfort where I'm yeah. not going to be distracted when I'm sitting mm. down and my pants mm-hmm. are itchy. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to need to be in something mm-hmm. that I can focus in all day. I'm not going to be insecure right. all day. And so mm-hmm. it, was a, it took me a long time to get to the point where hmm. I am now, where when I wake up and I get ready for mm-hmm. school, I put on the clothes, mm-hmm. I walk around in them, you know, I sit down because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be sitting, I'm going to be standing, I'm right. going to be walking around, yeah. and I really think about, mm-hmm. is this something I'm going to mm-hmm. be comfortable in? Because in middle school, yeah. what it was was, oh, is this in dress code? Oh, I want to look cute. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just that. Yeah. And when I went to school, I found yeah. myself being distracted by the clothing, not mm-hmm. because maybe it was too quote-unquote revealing or or anything but just the physical discomfort or insecurity because I didn't take the Mm. time to think is this what I want to be wearing today for these specific activities Mm -hmm. that I'm doing and I think that is a really hard lesson that Hmm. took me a long time to learn but I think that yeah that's what I think that's that's really powerful no I mean that's why I was I was reading a lot of information today and to feel to measure like how you are in terms of your clothing, in terms of how does it make you feel? How comfortable are you in it? Not does it, you know, what is it revealing or let's go into the specific body parts. It's a very, um, it's a very, it's a, it's a very hot topic and very debatable. Even, even now, I cannot believe honestly, it's 2021 and we're still talking about it. I mean, it's really stunning to me. Um, so, uh, I have a couple quotes I want to read to you, and I want to hear um, when I finish reading, reading them to you, I want to hear your response. So I was taking a look and just seeing what some people think about dress codes, and there's, as you can imagine, hey, a lot of opinions. Um, so one uh, high schooler in her online magazine uh, wrote, yes, dress code objectifies girls. But this is not out of malice. It is to balance the scale. Dress code restores dignity to the girl. It ensures that she can show the world, at least her school, who she really is, an intelligent, beautiful human being. Here's one more quote from an online blogger who's also a teacher, a female. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you ladies, but let's take a trip back to anatomy class. You have more private parts that need it covering than men, plain and simple. Nothing about the dress code in most schools is sexist. Schools simply want both male and female students to dress modestly and appropriately. What would be your take on that? Well, right off the bat, I obviously have a reaction, kind of a negative Uh reaction to those kinds of things. I think Mm -hmm. starting off with, I guess, the sexism of dress codes, Mm -hmm. because the teacher was mentioning and there's mm-hmm. no sexism in dress codes. I think mm-hmm. something people forget to think about is that mm-hmm. this is not just an issue that is pertaining to schools and school dress codes. This is a bigger issue. This is a mm-hmm. societal issue. This is society mm-hmm. telling girls in mm-hmm. yet another way what they need right. to do with their body. Yeah. And mm-hmm. people, I think, fail to realize that because mm-hmm. they think, oh, mm-hmm. school, that's separate from 
whatever, that's separate from society and everything, but it's really not. It's just another, it's another way that the society is telling girls, you need to cover up. You, you, like, people are watching you. People are looking at what you're wearing, and if you're wearing the wrong thing, that's bad. And I think that Mm -hmm. is my initial problem with that, is I feel like people Mm -hmm. fail to see the bigger picture. Um, Mm -hmm. Another Mm -hmm. thing is just the... Uh, the girl, I think she mentioned um, dress code gives uh, girls the opportunity to show who they really are, yep. dignified yep. and the beautiful and mm-hmm. something intelligent. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. that what you wear, I obviously, I think that what you wear, you, you wear different things for different experiences or different, you wear right. different things in different settings. Obviously, mm-hmm. if I was going to run and be the president of the United States, probably wouldn't be wearing a little mini dress because that's well, that's, <laughs> well not a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it it yeah. comes back to the personal <laughs> yeah. comfort thing. I don't know how comfortable yeah. I would be yeah. wearing a little mini dress in front of mm-hmm. Congress or something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think for each individual person, you mm-hmm. define who you are mm-hmm. and dress codes right. sometimes take away from that. And I think, mm-hmm. Another thing about dress codes is not just the sexism or the objectification. Mm-hmm. It's the personal mm-hmm. expression. People, right. maybe they feel even more uncomfortable in the clothes that are within dress code. Mm-hmm. I know for me, mm-hmm. the whole shorts thing and the length of shorts, um, right. my body has yeah. always been really sensitive to different types of fabric and clothing. And personally, mm-hmm. those longer shorts mm-hmm. just do not feel mm-hmm. comfortable. So for mm, me, that's right. a personal thing. That's a personal choice. I don't like that. Yep. For some people, mm-hmm. baggy T-shirts are just not it. They just don't like them. They'd mm-hmm. rather be wearing a little tank top. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. totally cool because maybe that's better right. for you. And so right. when she's talking about being intelligent and showing people that you're beautiful mm-hmm. and intelligent and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. stuff, it's like that's another way society is defining that for you. And I don't think mm-hmm. that – that's the way it should be. I think people need to define that for themselves and it's about Mm -hmm. finding yourself and understanding yourself Mm -hmm. on a deeper level instead of having people tell you who you are. It's Mm -hmm. like if you're writing an essay in school and the teacher just gives Mm -hmm. you exactly what to write word for word. It's like, that's not, that's not the point. If you're a student writing an essay, you're supposed to do the analysis Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to understand Mm -hmm what the book is saying or what the meaning of it is or what the symbolism is. And I think that's the same idea. You can't, you can't tell people or puppet them or have them do exactly Mm -hmm. what you want because everyone's a different person Mm -hmm. and everyone needs to figure that out for themselves. Right. So well stated. Okay. I'm going to end with one last question because, and again, we have much more to talk about and this will not be the last time that I speak (laughs) to you, Allison, because you are just, I can't even, I can't, well, I can't even tell everyone how amazing you are. Um, I can't, even, I hope once they hear what you're saying that they they completely understand what I uh, see all the time. Um, how do you think we can change the script as a culture? Where do we need to start? Like what, you know, do we, do we as like, you know, well, I'm talking about me as a parent, do we start fighting the school system? Do we talk about it more? What, what can we do, I guess, as a society? I think that is a great question. I think that is a really big question that does not have mm-hmm. a singular answer. You mm-hmm. mentioned mm-hmm. Um, talking to your, or maybe you did, maybe you didn't, talking to your children. I think that's a big one. Yeah. Or, um, personally, mm-hmm. again, speaking from personal experience, 
Um, yeah. My parents have never been too nitpicky with what I'm wearing. Obviously, um, okay. when I was dress coded, mm-hmm. when I was nine, my mother was furious. She couldn't believe mm, that I, I had been dress coded yeah. as a nine-year-old. Nine. And even when yeah. I got to sixth grade and my experience mm-hmm. in eighth grade, my mom was mad because she was like, mm-hmm. Zach, she's a kid. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Right. And even now, right. I would consider myself to dress a little bit more provocatively, if you will, or, mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. yeah, provocatively than some yeah. of my peers. Right. And this okay. has never been an mm-hmm. issue for my parents, not because they don't care, but because they feel mm-hmm. that that is my, that is my personal right. That's my, that's mm-hmm. my prerogative. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. Yeah. And if I feel comfortable in it, then I feel comfortable in it. And that's what I want to wear. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important because I know a lot of parents and it's not their fault. All these parents have mm-hmm. their, like, mm-hmm. ingrained opinions that came from society. And I think it mm-hmm. is really hard to flip the script there. And this is where I think communication comes in and education, where people mm-hmm. need to start talking about this and bringing right. awareness to the whole topic in general so that people can see more than one side of the story um, mm-hmm. and see that, maybe dress codes are sexist and maybe we should start Mm. talking about how to fix that and how to bring Mm -hmm. awareness to the situation so that people and young girls aren't feeling super insecure at school so they can be themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can feel confident and comfortable. And I think that's really where it starts. Honestly, I, I wish I could say I'd put more thought into that. Honestly, most of the time Mm -hmm. I'm kind of sitting there Mm -hmm. trying to get people to listen because that obviously is the first step is, getting people to hear your message and hear like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is a Mm -hmm. problem that we need to address. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. obviously I think that's kind of really, really the first, first step Mm -hmm. is to bring awareness Mm -hmm. to the situation and get people to be like, Oh yeah, that's something that that's something that's worth changing or worth bringing awareness Mm -hmm. to. And then after that comes the education and the communication Mm -hmm. and the, Mm -hmm. yeah, the the education, the communication, those are the biggest, things in my opinion right. that would really make a big difference. Uh, okay. Allison, I, okay. I could talk to you for like eight years. I could talk to you for like another seven <laughs> hours. You are full of information. This is not the end. And I am so glad that you had the opportunity to share your story on the stage uh, at, at Sue Talks, And now you're continuing, continuing to share. And we're going to take this message and make it big and make it impactful. And you're going to be a big voice in that. So with that, that is our show for today. I would like to say thank you to Allison for being our guest today and a special thanks to all our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, because we are an international show. We will be back again for another Sue Rising Radio or Women Lead Radio show Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. It's been my pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of the week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.